0: Hello, I'm Will Sampson. Welcome to the Woodworking Network podcast. Welcome to the Woodworking Network podcast, where we explore the business of woodworking and what it takes to succeed. I'm Will Sampson. This episode is sponsored by FDMC Magazine, and don't forget to take our survey at woodworkingnetwork.com slash podcast survey. Today, we'll be talking with Bobby Dahlheim, Woodworking Network's news editor, about the results of a new survey we did on the effect of the pandemic on the woodworking industry. But first, I want to talk about Sick of the Sickness. Are you fed up with dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and all the related fallout? I know I am, and lots of our audience is. When we first surveyed people in the woodworking industry last spring related to the impact of the coronavirus, we got more than 500 responses. We've followed up with more surveys and responses have gone down each time to now just about a fourth of that. I guess I should come up with some clever name for what is happening, like. Pandemic fatigue, or COVID exhaustion, or maybe virus apathy. People want to be done with the school and business closures, the masks and social distancing, the daily drone of statistics for deaths, hospitalizations, positive infection tests, and all the incessant analysis and arguing that goes along with it. The problem, though, is we can't be done, at least not yet. As I write this, there is a new surge of disease being reported. There is still no vaccine or even an organized, universally recognized plan for vanquishing the virus, other than trying to minimize new infections and waiting for the vaccine or for the virus to simply run its course. That's all devastating for business, which really suffers in an environment of uncertainty. But wait a minute. You say people are dying. Hundreds of thousands of people have died. We can't just go on as if nothing is happening. We've got to do something. But what if the something we do causes as much or more damage than the virus it was intended to fight? Human beings are social creatures, and we've built a complex, technology-driven world with complicated, interlocking features that can't just be undone and put back again. It's kind of like those classic thriller movies where the hero is trying to defuse a bomb. Do I cut the red wire or the green wire? We don't want it all to blow up in our faces, but the clock is ticking. My concern is that even after we survive this virus, the survivors will have suffered other serious damage. They will have lost businesses, lost jobs, lost income, and life savings. A whole generation of children is having their education disrupted. The way we look at communicable diseases has undergone a transformation where we're now quarantining the well rather than the sick in an effort to limit spread of a disease that might show no symptoms while it spreads. Many experts suggest we will have increases in suicides, drug overdoses, and other deaths not directly related to COVID-19 but still tied to the reaction to the pandemic. Besides all the physical losses, we've also lost confidence in leadership. Our overheated politics have spread a disease of mistrust and power plays that have little to do with actually combating the virus. I don't have an answer, I wish I did. But I know I'm tired of dealing with it all, just like our survey respondents. I'm tired of hearing about a new normal when all I want is to get back to the old normal. I'm tired of not being able to plan things. I'm tired of not being able to hold face-to-face meetings. I'm tired of being on a perpetual death watch. It all goes against my basically optimistic and pragmatic problem-solving nature. What keeps me going is knowing that humanity has been here before. Countless plagues and pandemics have swept the globe before. With and without vaccines, with and without quarantines, with and without modern medicine and sophisticated science, humanity has survived. I know we will this time, too. Before we get to the results of the survey, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. FDMC Magazine is your vital source of information to improve your woodworking business. Whether it's keeping you apprised of the latest advances in manufacturing, helping you solve your wood technology problem with Gene Langert, or inspiring you with case histories about successful businesses and best practices, FDMC Magazine is there to be the sharpest business tool in your shop. Learn more and subscribe for free at Woodworking Network com/fdMC Hello, I'm will Sampson from woodworking network and FDMC magazine and we're, welcome to the woodworking network Pandemic Recovery survey special report. With me today I have my colleague Bobby Dalheim Hi, who, is our, who is our news editor and so we're going we've been doing surveys uh, for since the beginning of the pandemic checking the pulse of the woodworking industry. And uh, today we're going to go quickly through our latest survey and contrast it with the uh, results from our very first survey back in spring. So fall versus spring, and there's some interesting contrast. Uh, Let's get started. First question is, the question that's on everybody's mind is, what's the impact of this on woodworking businesses? Today, that impact has changed a little bit differently from what it was back in March. Uh, back in March, people were reporting uh, 36.5%. Said that it would have a major impact on their business. Today, that's only 21.3%. Um, 35.8% said it was going to be serious impact in March. Now it's only 34.7%. And uh, today. 34.7% say that it's a minor impact, whereas that compares with less than a quarter of folks back in March. Uh, and in March, only 4% said that they thought it would have no impact at all. That's up to 9.3%. So the the impact has been reduced over time uh, as this pandemic has continued. Let's talk uh, about specific impacts, Bobby.
1: Sure. As with our previous surveys, we wanted to know the specific impacts people are experiencing. And uh, like with the survey we put out back in March, the biggest impact was disrupted schedules, in which around nearly 62% of people experienced. Next up was supply disruption, which increased from March. The others, loss of business, mandated shutdowns, and canceled orders, all decreased in severity from March, but still remained substantial. Uh, we can go on to the next slide.
0: And we wanted to report about the specific actions that shops took to deal with this. Um, Back in March, the biggest thing that they were doing was changing work procedures at more than 52%. Um, That's no different today. It's 48.7%. Curtailing travel is virtually unchanged. 41% in March, 40% in October. Um, Some remote working Is again virtually unchanged. 31% in March, 29% in October. Um, A lot of shops reduced work hours. More of them did that in the spring than now. About a quarter of them are reduced work hours still. Um, As far as reduced workforce, um, almost a third of folks in the spring reduced their workforce, but uh, not now. Uh, It's down to 22%, and Uh, more than about half, uh, 50% reduced public hours in March, but only 18% have done that now. And temporary business closures, uh, again, way down, only 11% now compared to 23% back then. And folks that were considering an indefinite shutdown, that was almost 7% in March, but it's only 1.3% now. Bobby, let's talk about the folks testing positive.
1: Sure. So this is probably one of the most striking questions compared to our previous surveys. Um, 79% said no one tested positive in their business. This is quite an increase though from March, in which nearly 98% of respondents said no one tested positive. 12% said one person tested positive, also up significantly from March, which was 1.4% only. 2.7% said two employees tested positive and 6% said at least three employees had tested positive. These are all up from March's numbers.
0: Let's talk about uh, what kinds of things that some of the shops did to uh, uh, fight the virus. Uh, Many shops uh, initially limited face-to-face contact and actually more shops, 58.7% are doing that now than they were in March uh, when it was 52.8%. The, uh, Initial measures, a lot of shops initiated measures to protect themselves, but then relaxed them. Uh, 41% said they did that in March, uh, but only 20% are doing that now. Uh, As far as no face to face contact, that was big in March 31%. Now it's way down to 18%. And folks that did absolutely no change with how they dealt with outside contacts was almost a third, 32% in March, but now it's only 18% in October. So most of the shops are are relaxing their uh, relationship with outside contacts. Let's talk about supplier interactions, Bobby.
1: Sure. So as with our previous surveys, we asked respondents about their interaction with suppliers. Uh, 33% are seeing no change. Now, this is The exact same percentage that said so in March. Uh, 23% said they're seeing delays and back orders. 18% are seeing shipping disruptions, and that's a 13% improvement since March. 14% are seeing reduced orders, also a big improvement from March, which was 28%. 7% are actually seeing accelerated orders, and just 1% say they've been cut off from receiving supplies. Nearly all of these numbers show improvements.
0: The accelerator orders, the real question there was did the shops accelerate their ordering in order to try and avoid percentual uh, uh, shortages and that sort of thing? And it's totally unchanged from from what it was. Yep. Mandatory closures were a big issue when this pandemic started. Um, but even in March, there was uh, about half of the, the our audience uh, in the survey. Uh, 47.2% said they didn't have a mandatory closure, and part of that was because some shops were designated by their states and the federal government as essential. Um, Today, 70% of the shops don't have a mandatory closure, Um, but some that did have a closure are open now, uh, and that's 25%. only 1.3 percent of the folks that were closed uh, earlier uh, are still closed. Uh, so, of the shops that had no closure, 2 percent today are now open, uh, continuing, and uh, another 1.3 uh, percent closed anyway, even though they had no mandatory closure, and they are still closed. Um, the uh, going back to March, 8.9 percent said that they had to suffer a mandatory closure back then. So that's some some big changes there.
1: So this is a question we couldn't get that much information on back in March as the virus was still too new. Uh, we asked uh, shops how they're handling their employees. 71% said things are As usual and people are working with safety measures in place 11% have ordered minor layoffs and another 11% have brought people back after minor layoffs 7% have ordered major layoffs and this is a significant improvement from 32% back in March 4% have brought back some employees after major layoffs and 10% have brought back nearly all their employees after ordering major layoffs
0: One of the things that was not a factor way back in March was the uh, uh, Paycheck Projection uh, Program, uh, a loan program designed to benefit uh, small businesses uh, affected by the pandemic. We wanted to know how many of our audience were taking advantage of that program. And uh, it turns out that uh, 49.3% applied and were funded by the program, so nearly half. And uh, 4% applied but did not receive funding. Uh, a fairly sizable number, 38.7%, uh, applied but did not uh, qualify or didn't, uh, found they didn't qualify and so didn't apply. And then 8% didn't apply because they didn't hear about it in time. Uh, the next part of this program. Was whether you could get forgiveness for those loans, um Bobby, you want to talk about the numbers related to that?
1: Sure, so seventy percent applied for full forgiveness um, much less nearly three percent only applied for fifty to seventy five percent, and just one point four percent applied for less than fifty percent, and that leaves around twenty six percent who did not apply.
0: This is really the big question that everybody has. What is your outlook looking forward, especially to 2021? Um, and our audience is pretty optimistic. Uh, 54.7% see uh, strong 2021. Uh, 27.3% are looking forward to a slow recovery in 2021. Only 16% see having to deal with reduced business in 2021. And uh, only six percent are really uncertain and really seeing negative effects going on into the new year. Uh, of those that are considered a permanent shutdown, it's currently now only two percent are considering a permanent shutdown. That compares to almost three percent, two point eight percent back in March. Um, and in March, It's interesting to contrast this. A lot of, only 62.6% thought that this pandemic would have only a short-term impact. And uh, uh, only 6.8% thought it would have a major long-term impact. Uh, 8% thought it'd have no impact at all. So that's a contrast.
1: So who actually took our survey? Um, cabinet makers made up the biggest group of respondents at 26.7%. Um, and they were followed pretty evenly by residential furniture makers, architectural woodwork firms, dealers, distributors, and wholesalers. A little bit after that was contract furniture makers and woodworking machinery suppliers, uh, makers of other wood products. And then just nearly 7% wrote other. Um, We've received 150 completed responses from an initial sample size of 40,247. And this gives around a 6.7% margin of error and a 90% confidence level.
0: Yeah, we've had a bit of a drop-off in the surveys. We had more than 500 responses back in March when we first did this. Um, but that's to be expected. I think everybody's tired of this pandemic. <laughs> yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> If any of you have questions about specifics on this survey, uh, please feel free to contact me and Bobby uh, directly. Um, You can also go to Woodworking Network, and we have a special COVID-19 update site that has a lot of COVID-19-related stories uh, to follow up. And we'd love to hear your reactions uh, and questions, and we do our best to answer all those questions uh, and get back to you. That's it for today. If you'd like to get more information about the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on the woodworking industry, check out the COVID-19 update section at woodworkingnetwork.com. If you're looking for more of our podcasts, you can find all of them at woodworkingnetwork.com slash podcasts and in popular podcast channels. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thanks again to today's sponsor, FDMC Magazine. If you have a comment or a topic you'd like us to explore, contact me at will.sampson at woodworkingnetwork.com. And we would really appreciate it if you'd fill out the survey at woodworkingnetwork.com podcast survey. Thanks for listening.